Hello and welcome to the podcast. This is Hi, Low, No, the show where we unpack a different film every episode and discuss whether it's high art, low art, or no art. I am Joseph, and with me are uh, is you pointed at one person there. I'm George Seabrook. <laughs> I'm Martin. Martin, no comment, Gibson. Correct. And today we're going to be discuss- discussing Deadpool. So, George. What do you think of Deadpool? High, low, uh, or low? Deadpool, the 2016 film mm-hmm. starring Ryan Reynolds and directed by Tim Miller. Uh, no, <laughs> big old no from me. <laughs> uh, this is gonna. Get, this is. We're gonna record episodes where I am like fully in the tank and really ecstatic about them. But these first yeah. two are just like me. <sighs> Roll eyes. <laughs> um, Deadpool comes very close to being low art for me, but just okay. is. Uh, there's a. There is a. There is a lack of, I don't know. I, I, I it's, it's, it's sort of like sits squarely in the no camp for me. Okay, explain the difference for, for the listeners on, and for me again. Okay, the difference so between low art and no art. We, we want this podcast to be a space where no piece of art is above mockery. So, you know, no matter how high its appearances are, no matter how elegant and uh, or potentially pretentious it is, we're always going to be down for ki- giving it a little kick in the shins. <laughs> and uh, when something, it seems like it's sort of base or really gross, grim, maybe even poorly made or like without that sort of um, artfulness where things seem a little more low budget, where it feels like it's a bit more trashy. Mm-hmm. Well, we're not about, we're not, that, those things are not beneath a de- decent amount of praise. Where things get complicated is, is when you discuss something that feels a lot more middle of the road, more wide appeal, and trying to find those lines of where is the artfulness here? Where is the um, the more base elements of mm. this of this work of uh, of fiction of art or whatever beyond just films and and all the other other types of art you can do? Um, and you know, it, I think when it comes to high art, we can ask about something, especially when it's something very popular. Does this belong in a gallery? And when it's uh, asking if something is is low art, it's like how appropriate would it be to see this? Um, spray painted <laughs> on a bridge, uh, mm. like a really nice bit of graffiti, yeah. but it's still graffiti. It's public, and someone got there and did it secretly, and is probably committing a crime. <laughs> I think you call it street art in that case. Well, yeah, but you know, like, I, I imagine if it's street art, then you know, in order to also be low art, it has to be like on the street. And if it's on a bridge, I guess that technically makes it high art. But um, <laughs> very pedantic at this point. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Joe, where are you standing on Deadpool? Okay, so I've, I've, I've gone through a transition with Deadpool. When ah. I first saw it, I think I saw it on a plane to Antigua, mm-hmm. and, which is never a good place to watch a film. A plane? Those, That'd be a good place to watch a film. And those tiny little screens with some like baby crying in your ear. And well, it depends on the film you're watching there. What, Deadpool? <laughs> um, <laughs> Deadpool is a perfect plane movie in, in, in that way, because it's like... I agree. Oh, I completely Two hours agree. just going... Dunk. Yeah, two <laughs> hours of just crazy fun silliness. Yeah. And I think that's how I sort of felt about it mm. at first. And I think, you know, it, it was different it was new, it was exciting, and I came out of you know the plane thinking, "Oh my god, this is such a fun, exciting film! I've got to tell everyone about it." Mm. I watched it for the third time, the third time, a few days ago, yeah. and I fucking hate it. <laughs> <laughs> See, I I don't have the energy to hate Deadpool, <laughs> but I don't ever like think. Um, that people are like, ah, you're caring too much to hate it because I, mm. I get it. I really do get it. <laughs> um, I I really despise Deadpool 2, um, but uh, the sequel Deadpool yes. 2 or Deadpool, T-O-O, um, which is what it should have been called, to be fair. <laughs> but I think that, um, yeah, I mean, Martin, how do how you, how you feel about Deadpool? Because you didn't watch it again for this no, record. this is second week in a row. I have not watched the film we're talking about. Um, but you have seen I've Deadpool. I've seen yeah. Deadpool a couple of times, mm. yeah. I would probably say it's lower. I, th- I think for this kind of film, 
it's very hard for it to ever be high art. Mm. Like it's, it is what it is. It's a, it's a silly film. It's mm. a superhero film. And the point of it is to take the piss out of itself. Yeah. It's not, it's not trying to be clever. It's not trying to be nuanced or anything. It just knows what it is. Yeah. And it just does exactly that. So to be kind of that high, mm. higher level, it's not, it's, it never mm. tries to be that film, if that makes sense. I guess, yeah, no, I mean, I, most of the things we're going to be discussing are not things that are trying to be high art elevated thing, which is, you know, where a film like Joker, which is very much trying to be that, gets on my nerves <laughs> because I feel like it doesn't, doesn't mm. succeed in that. Deadpool is at least admirable for not trying so hard. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, because it ca- has a sort of... Um, safety net of a um of of you know basement quality and, and um easy appeal to an audience that mm-hmm. it can fall back on but uh yeah hey so so joe do you, when you said you saw this on plane first time mm-hmm. was it in 2016 when the film came out uh yeah it must have been yeah yes because you go to antigua a lot it's like every summer or winter mm-hmm. you typically go there and um i remember seeing deadpool um um in 2016 like the the, the week it was released it it came out February 14th. Okay. Valentine's Day release, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. The joke being like, oh, yeah. the, in the, all the marketing is Deadpool, a Valentine's Day movie. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, even though it's like full of just blood and guts and swearing and well, all these things that don't characterize, you know, what you think of as good date night, like fluffy date night material. Well, it was sandwiched between two years of Fifty Shades, wasn't it? So It was, yeah, yeah, yeah of it course. Was, yeah. Um, 50, uh, like 50 shades of grey's uh, 2015 and uh, darker is 2017. 17, 17 yeah. yeah, it was. And then Freed is 18. Yeah. I've never seen any of those movies. Neither have I, and I don't plan on it. We are not discussing those <laughs> on the podcast. Do not ask for those. Uh, well, I mean, our next miniseries is going to be a, a long 10, 10 episode deep dive into the 50 shades book and films. <laughs> I will not be appearing. <laughs> You'll just have ghost hands doing it. Um, no, I think, um, so I saw it. One of the funniest things about it is, um, uh, my, I went to the University of Southampton. It's one of a few um, unis in the country that actually has like its own student union cinema. But the the it's an independent cinema, and the and the um you know the trick of being that is um you get films much later than their original release. So like uh, in 2015, Kingsman, for example, comes out wide release in January, and we don't show it. Well, that cinema didn't show it until March, I think. So I, so my parents and sister had already seen it, and I was thinking. I want to see this, but I need to save money, so I'll see it at the Union Cinema. And was, it, was it free to go it then? Or was no, it, no, was it just but it's a lot three pounds. Oh, yeah. Three pounds for you any ticket. Really no, and yeah. you can buy like a pass for the whole year for 40 pounds. Oh, no, that's really good. And then, then yeah, you you're never... You're make your money back on yeah, that. Yeah, and not only that, you'd then never run out of tickets. You just have yeah. to show up for a pass and be like, I have a pass, let me in. <laughs> you get priority. Yeah. And so I would do that a lot. Um, Deadpool, though, because they got it the week it was released nationwide, they would be oblig- obliged to show it like once a day, to um which was really successful for them because they'd done it i think the previous year with hunger games mockingjay Mm -hmm. won and it was successful for them so they did it again with deadpool and um it it must be part of mockingjay but they did it again with deadpool and it's it you know i went to the um midnight release showing i think of it Uh, a couple of friends from like my other social uh, like media departments in the student union like the radio station and things and uh and we all went to see it and packed screening room. It was fun. Like it's a fun comedy with a big screen room because everyone's just kind of be having their, um, their socks knocked off by something that is being so gross and um, uh, vulgar 
in a way that is very appealing to everyone's inner child where when you're 12 years old, what do you think an adult movie is going to be? It's, <laughs> that's that's kind of the mm-hmm. market Deadpool's playing in is if yeah. you're a 12-year-old boy, what's an adult movie going to look like yeah. without full penetration? Um, <laughs> but, you know, and I remember coming out and I was like, that movie's fine. I think Ryan Reynolds should probably get an Oscar nomination for that performance. I remember saying, I was like, that's one of the most dialed in, like give 100% effort for a comedy performance I've seen in ages. I think the issue is he's still giving a hundred percent. He's still it? giving it. And he's not even in, he's not even doing Deadpool, but he's still giving a hundred percent to Deadpool. Yeah, it's but like it doesn't even feel like that's his only mode. That feels like it's only his only mode now. Yeah, absolutely. He's done other stuff. Yeah. He's done lots of other stuff. But not since Deadpool came out. Like his his career before Deadpool is kind of wild and we'll be, we'll talk about it. But like I so Deadpool, what's the plot of Deadpool, Joe? <laughs> Do you have a description of what the plot is of Deadpool at its trashiest, at its highest? I mean, well, at its trashiest, I suppose it's just, you know, some uh, good-looking bloke is in a very sexy relationship, mm. um, gets cancer, <clears throat> is offered a cure to cancer, but it's not a cure to cancer. It's also a, a mutant triggering thing, injection, uh, which then turns him into, you know... Uh, superficially ugly thing with like red skin but he can also heal himself and therefore he's potentially a superhero um but because he's ugly and vain he then goes after this uh, ajax one of the worst villains i think in mm. superhero films um to sort of cure him and make mm-hmm. him beautiful again or kill him so he can get again. back in his sexy relationship so he can get back in the sexy relationship with this vanessa vanessa exactly. yes and Vanessa's a great name. Like just like it's got those like it's a lovely name, syllables. Yeah. Those uh, like those, oh, it sounds so phonetically good. Wade is not a good name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's foul. Yeah, it's probably better than Ajax though, isn't it? Uh, I mean, <laughs> funny thing about Ajax is that's a worse name than the character's actual name. Francis has got like a, d- a degree of like there's flexibility there. Yes. It could be Frank. It could be Francesca if you're you know getting a bit genderqueer over here. It can be you know Frank, Frankie, Francie. You know. Fran, Francis, I think has got ni- has got a nice sort of like there's something proper about that. My name is Francis. You would say that in a whisper, and someone's be like, "Hell yeah, my name is Wade." Yeah, that's like quite well. Whereas Deathstroke, the DC character that Deadpool rips off of, do you know what his name is? No. Slade Wilson. Oh, for <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure which one's worse. No, 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 no. Deathstroke is a hundred percent better because, like, just say Slade. You, yeah, I know, right? Slade. I'm just doing a bit from Teen Titans Go to the Movies now. Oh, Where in, in that movie, Deathstroke is a villain. They never call him Deathstroke. They just call him Slade. <laughs> and they're all going, God, that name's fun to say. <laughs> it could be our arch nemesis, Slade. But Wade, you know. Thinking about it, actually, the plot, you know, what I just said, you know, mm. I know I said it quite sort of cynically, yeah. but I, that is one thing I like about Deadpool mm. is that it's very... Um, upfront and explicit in mm. how simple its plot is, how simple his motivations and yes. his motives are. His, know, there, there's yeah. no pretense that, you know, this is a, a, a superhero film where they're trying to, you know, save the big city. Or and, there's you know, any moral reason for doing it. He's just, yeah. it's just vengeance. And you get, yeah, Ajax should probably die. He seems like a bad guy because he's trading live human beings as ma- weapons of mass yes, destruction he, he, to he, dictators. He, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he's a naughty boy, so he needs to be, you know, told off. But yeah, that's not really why um, Deadpool does anything, is it? You know, which mm. is kind of bizarre, actually, because mm. you think that would crop up, wouldn't yeah. it? Um, but no, his only uh, interest mm. is to just make himself beautiful again yeah. so that he can 
stay with yeah. Vanessa. I, I when I was watching it, I, I was watching it again um, on uh, on Thursday mm-hmm. on Netflix before like, the day before it leaves. I was I was trying to weigh my head. I was like, is there a way to frame this as like a a a, a more intelligent or at least more emotionally deep mm-hmm. uh, work? And I I don't actually think there is. I really do think there is. Like like oh, you yes. said to me that there is this sort of element of overcoming. Um, the sort of first impression, physical appearance of someone mm-hmm. and seeing the beauty beneath, which is kind of the Beauty and the Beast narrative that's happening with, mm-hmm. the, it's like Beauty and the Beast in reverse, um, where she falls in love with, they fall in love with beauty and then he becomes a beast yeah. and he ha- has to work his way back to being honest enough with her to let her under the mask and mm. see the horror underneath. But, but the horror is again also only surface level. Yes. Uh, you know, that's a comforting message that someone's appearance doesn't, you know, define them. Mm. The problem is everything else about Deadpool is fucking rancid and annoying. <laughs> it's so fucking, he's, you know, is it, is it toxic? No, it's too annoying to be toxic. Mm. <laughs> but also I think, you know, that, that kind of moral doesn't quite work in the film because, mm. you know, it, it's only at the end, you know, that they mm. um, get together again because earlier yeah. before he, you know, saves her life and mm. comes charging in like the Prince Charming hero, mm. um, he, feel, he thinks, you know, oh, I'm, I'm so ugly, she's going to, you know, reject me or be scared yeah. of me because, you know, there's that bit when he's following her down the street and everyone's, you know, staring mm. at him and gawking. Um, and, you know, he's clearly thinking, oh, I'm hideous, she's just going to dump me because, yeah. you know, superficial and vain and stuff. And it's, it's almost a bit, mm. well, you, you, you could get like a whole gender thing going on here, mm. but it's only right at the end after the man saves the, the, mm. the, the damsel in distress that she... Um, you know, that, that looks mm. don't matter anymore. Well, yeah, I mean, were you going to say something, Martin? Yeah. I was going to say this leads on to the dreadful plot of Deadpool 2, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the plot, have we, you we seen Deadpool 2? We have not seen Honestly, no. the, the plot, plot of Deadpool is 2 awful. is that Deadpool is going around being Deadpool as a hitman, kind of just doing it for free. Like, he's not even taking points. He's just, I'm going to fuck up bad guys. And then he comes home one day, he has some, like, pre-brief, like, um, I'm kissing and, ha- and about to have sex with Vanessa when one of the bad guys he's tried to kill rushes into his apartment attacks them and Vanessa dies oh in the crossfire. Shit. And he spends the rest of the movie being depressed that Vanessa's dead. Wow. The whole point of Vanessa is she's just a crux to, to, yeah. Like, yeah. to yeah. make him depressed. Yeah, oh that's gosh. it. Yes. Like she's just basically not a character at this yeah. point. She's an, like an yeah. object. Mm. Like the point of view is to make him depressed yeah. and now we don't need you anymore. Uh, now here's the wild thing. They have better chemistry in Deadpool 2. They have much right. better You're chemistry right. in Deadpool 2. And here's the reason why. Like, I watched Deadpool and I had this sudden flashbulb of... Um, Joe, you and I are people who love, like, romance stuff and, and I love a lot of rom-coms and I love when blockbusters can be sexy and have mm-hmm. chemistry and, and have, like, not just, like, romantic interests but or just, like, ex- or just explicit sex. I want people to have, like, a heat where you want them to kiss each other. Mm-hmm. There's nothing more exciting to me than seeing two hot people develop, like build up their relationship to the point where when they're about to kiss, I am shaking in my chair about to like like, cheer with excitement, which I did this year when I saw In the Heights, Uh, like in in cinema, because we saw it on stage and I saw it in the cinema, literally the moment in Champagne where Usnavi and Vanessa are going Mm. to kiss. Vanessa says, I wish I was mad. And the music builds and builds and builds and builds and builds for like 
like two solid bars. And then I just, I sat there in my seat going, kiss, 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 kiss. <laughs> and when they do kiss, I literally let, leaped out of my chair and screamed, yes! <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, I did. I love that. I love that stuff. Here's the problem with Deadpool. Uh, they have absolutely no, no dynamics in the relationship. I was going to say. It's not the right. actor's problems. They have fine enough connection, <laughs> but the writing of it is appallingly yeah. bad. Mm. And, it's sim- and it's simply the thing they're trying to do that makes them different than Marvel is, hey, look, we've got a romantic relationship about people who want to fuck. Yeah. And it turns out they only are attracted to each other's sarcasm <laughs> and, and their apparent good looks. Yes. It, you know, makes for a, a fair amount of jokes, but they have, when they start trying to get me to believe that they have a more emotional connection, I don't buy it for a second. Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree. Um, because... And that is the, I think, the standout thing for me is that their relationship, it doesn't have enough depth. There's not enough emotion to it. There's no, like, real connection Mm. that is demonstrated. The one exception, I think, is when they're in the the doctor's room Mm. and, you know... Uh, Deadpool Wade is just sort of staring at her mm. in a state of shock and she's, you know, like, oh, what, what can be done? There must be medicines, yeah. blah, blah, blah. That's really, really good. If that wasn't in there, then there'd be absolutely nothing yeah. to give them any, you know, emotional connection whatsoever other than, you know, their mm. pants. That has, like, a, a decent idea in it that's fucked up by the cho- shot choices because, um, like, he literally proposes to her by pulling a, like a party ring out of his Aye. butt. <laughs> you know what? Fine, I love that. Um, you, got, you, got, you got to put things where you can, I guess. But like, and, and he looks at her with such like a, a, a degree of, I'm genuinely asking you to marry me and I'm really happy about that yeah. and I'm a little nervous about it. Like that's a, a sweet moment, yeah. but you don't get like, where is his anxiety coming from? Because the whole sequences of this movie based on a relationship is just, they are attracted to each other from frame one, mm. they then flirt with each other sarcastically by like brushing off potential traumas. Yeah. Like they talk about how abused and horrible their childhood mm. was. Like she's like, I lived in a dishwasher box. And he went, oh, you had a dishwasher. Oh, exactly. It was like just clear whip off of, you know, what is it, Monty Python or is it? Yes, it's the four Yorkshiremen. Four Yorkshiremen in Monty yeah, Python. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. it's really, that's really funny. But like those four Yorkshiremen are not trying to fuck each other. <laughs> <laughs> it's good for flirting, but like, mm. Then literally it's just the montage of them like having sex after they play ski ball. This is true. You know, we only ever see them flirt and fuck. Yeah. And until he gets cancer. Did we ever actually see them have a conversation? No. I mean, like they have a they have a conversation, I suppose, when they're talking about playing ski ball, which is preceded by him going, It's time to put balls in holes, and it looks Mm. like they're about to have sex, and it turns out no, the camera's just tilted sideways. (laughs) Fine. And and they're, you know. So this is like the thing that's kind of frustrating about it. Like mm-hmm. there's a, the, the, they introduce this cause they do it with like 50 minutes of Deadpool being Deadpool first, except yeah. it's not that it's actually credit sequence. That's him fucking up a, uh, you know, a convoy. And then we flash back to before the credit sequence yeah. and then we watch credit. Se- that's fine. Don't mind that. But cause I think the credit sequence is actually really fun. Mm. It's, um, but then, um, then it's like, he literally kebabs a guy. <laughs> that's how he says it. And it's like, I bet my boyfriend, and then Deadpool does his voice over to the audience. And it's like, I bet you're sitting there going, Jesus Christ, he just turned that guy to a fucking kebab. He told he told me this was a superhero movie. He goes, well, no, this is a love story. <laughs> and then the love story is just a, cal- a montage to Calendar Girl of them having seasonal themed sex, which as a joke, when it played in the cinema, I was delighted. So I, I think we've like, we've bounced on like the plot and characterization of Deadpool enough is that like, the, the, framing it as a love story is dishonest to what the movie is actually trying to do. And if it mm-hmm. wanted to frame a love story in a way that would make sense for Deadpool, for my my pitch on it is just like just 
You can do the structuring where you introduce Deadpool 50 minutes in, and then you cannot go back to Deadpool until Wade has turned it to Deadpool or mm. had, the, had the thing, and he has either been too afraid to go to Vanessa or has dumped mm. her or, or split up with her. Right. And you can still do the finale where he has to save a life, and she can dump him because he is... he abandoned her and is a superficial creep and instead they're they're reuniting at the end is um uh more sarcastic flirting about how fucked up their their things have been and you're he's like i live in a crack house and she goes Mm -hmm. so you have a house and i'm like guys can you can you say anything sincere about each other for fucking one minute yes because watching it when they make reference to wade's history as a special forces operative they talk about the things he's done in different places, apparently also in Florida. Um, and he always brushes it off and makes jokes. Um, but there are always hints of like, you have done horrible, violent things. And what you're trying to do now as a Merc is be relatively good. You beat up people who deserve being beat up and you don't take a lot of money for it. And even if you could beat them up, you don't like the pizza guy joke. Mm. Like what's funny about that, he's in an asshole's apartment. Yeah. And he isn't going to shy away from the asshole, but the reason he's here is to lure the pizza guy who is stalking mm-hmm. a girl. And rather than like kick the crap out of him or shoot him in the head, he threatens him effectively, gets proof of the threatening, and like backs up the like 18-year-old girl that's being stalked. Like it's, you know, you're like, I like this. And he makes a point when the girl calls him her hero. Mm. He's like, no, 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 not a hero. Like the, the pizza delivers, the pizza he's, he gets delivered, Pineapple and olive, salty and sweet, he says. And that's what the movie should kind of be. And instead, it's just got too much salt. There's just salt <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> this is worse than my cooking. <laughs> uh, what, what do you think about the structure of the film in general? You know, all, all right. the, um, the... It's very mm. bitty, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Do you think it works? Do you like it? Do you dislike it? Um, I guess when you compare it to the rest of the superhero movies that are much more linear, especially at the time, mm-hmm. it it certainly feels more like a movie that has Deadpool in mind. Like, uh, like it's, it's being orchestrated by Deadpool's head. Like <laughs> okay. he's sort of editing things to be mm. fun, but that doesn't make him, that doesn't make the movie fun. I, I don't have any problem with cutting around that stuff. If you can do it right, mm-hmm. if you can do it well, it's yeah. fine. I, like I said, I like the first 15 minutes. I think those first 15 minutes are pretty much effective because Deadpool's not turning to camera that much and being sarcastic and you're not suffering through Wade Wilson that much. True. Yeah. Yeah. Like people have said, like a Deadpool, a whole movie of Deadpool would be insufferable. It's like, no, a whole movie of Wade Wilson is insufferable <laughs> because he has to be as sarcastic and annoying as Deadpool and also potentially be a human being. Mm. It's, it's, he just never crosses that line. <laughs> I think the point you're trying to make is he's just an asshole. He is. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't have the superhero-ness to back it yeah. up. And yeah. he like he they make these references in like his first act before he gets cancer. It's like he's a merc who has a heart of gold. Like he's doing gross things and doing like mean things but he's doing it for good people like protecting people so you can kind of like get that but he also is you know he has this weird while he's in Deadpool costume he has this weird sort of sashaying queerness to him Mm -hmm. and it doesn't it feels right on the line of I'm making fun of homosexuality like queer stereotypes to no I'm just genuinely moving like this because it's because I've got kind of no shits to give and I'm just doing that Mm. that's fun but then like when he's weighed he's like Hmm, how can I freak people out? I know, I'll buy the bit tough guy a blowjob shot, shit, it's from another guy just so they can, they can fight each other. And when my girlfriend pegs me, I'll immediately say I don't like it. And I'm like, wait, 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 when she's pegging you, okay, okay, I like that for her, but why didn't you agree to this before? Why are you disagreeing now? Like, is she raping you now? Don't make me think about this. Why can't he just be like, oh yeah, that's the stuff. I want Deadpool to enjoy his sex, come on. Yeah. 
I don't know. What do you think about structure, Joe? <laughs> um, when I watched it this recent time, it really, really annoyed me. Um, mm. I, I don't mind, you know, the, the f- skipping about and the flashbacks yeah. and everything. But, you know, like when he's in the crack house with, you know, the blind yeah. woman. I love that. <laughs> and, and I wish that, you know, came much, much earlier. It wasn't yeah. just sort of bunged in in the last, like, what feels like in the yeah, last it's, 15 minutes. Because, it's yeah, like... She's an amazing character. They actually have an interesting relationship, mm. you know. And I think there's... There's mm. much more relationship between them mm. than there is between Wade yeah. and, uh, and Vanessa. Um, that kind of thing I, yeah. really annoys me. It feels a bit, you know, scene yeah. you know what I mean? I, th- I think, um, I, just want, I, don't want, I just want to make sure I got this down on mic, but I do think that um, about the, is this a high art story? It's like, like Deadpool, Wade Wilson is a special forces soldier who is traumatized by the horrors he's committed for the US government in war. He has now been been reduced to hiding from his past, hiding from his trauma by being a snarky fucking asshole and doing things that remind him of being a good person. But when his life is threatened, his comfortable life is threatened, rather than try to come to terms with that, he runs away from anyone who can give him emotional support because he doesn't believe he's worthy of it which is a key thing, like he doesn't believe he's worthy of that. It turns out bad for him. He becomes a monster. And this is where, like I said, this is where the movie should be about him losing his mind and completely never breaks out. Like um, one of the only things in the movie that I think is not, 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 a, um, not a faint praise, good for what it is. I think this is a genuinely good thing. His transformation into a monster has that, into like you know Deadpool Wade Wilson as his skin kind of fleckles in a way that doesn't make any sense. It's like he's getting burns without fire, or like I suppose the idea is his mute. The stress of the torture device is causing his mutant powers to activate that will give him permanent healing. But in the process, the tumors he has in his body are moving to his skin. I guess that's what I always took it to be. Like he's just like okay, lung tumors. Mm. Now nah, we'll just move you to the skin, <laughs> so his whole body becomes covered in tumors. But they're not like um, they're not like bulbous tumors like in the Suicide Squad with Polka Dot Man. Yeah. They are just kind of fleckled skin burn marks. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But you see it very slowly build over his body, and then you see it cover his face. And just before it finishes, the camera whips around to his perspective, and he sees his reflection in the glass. And it's he just screams, and mm. it's genuinely like it's like Universal horror monster movie. Him seeing his own reflection, seeing his horror, see, like seeing how grim and like sudden and violent is, you know, that's the only time for me where the makeup really makes, like works for him and makes him look genuinely upsetting is when it's glimpsed half, it's well lit and it's played off of how much he hates looking like that. He's not making jokes about it. He's not moping. He is terrified by it. Mm. And I watched that and I go like, holy shit, this movie's got a bit of energy here. Or when he pulls himself out of the wreckage of the torture facility off of like a metal pipe and he's covered in soot and he's completely naked. Yeah. Again, I think that's kind of effective. That's just a good throwback to monster movie stuff. Mm. But then it wants to go back and be fun and sarcastic. I think after that point, you should just never see Wade's face. It should always be in shadow because they can't light it enough or make it look scary enough. Because if it looked really bulbous and horrible, he couldn't wear the mask and couldn't have perfect superhero silhouette. So he has to still have the perfect bone structure of Ryan Reynolds, who... Let's not forget, an incredibly attractive man. Very much so, yes. A, an incredibly attractive mm-hmm. man. Mm-hmm. It's, it's rude of the movie to make you spend a lot of time with TJ Miller also. Who's that? He's Weasel with the glasses and the, the hair. And oh, the bartender. okay. Like, Weasel, a worse name than Wade Wilson. 
Um, a worse I, person. I, I, no, I think Weasel, Weasel su- suits his character, though. Yeah, it does, yeah. yeah. TJ Miller, who is a gross fucking guy. Yeah, let's, we don't need to get into <laughs> that. But it's bit. just like, you know, I, I watched that like, uh, this is not funny. Why is why are you doing this? And I can't, I remember watching, watching it now and thinking like, wait a minute. I have liked TJ Miller in something, haven't I? Yes, I've liked him in Transformers Age of Extinction where he gets like incinerated. <laughs> and I've liked him as a voice of a really cute college kid in Big Hero 6. And when I have to see his face, I was like, no, just incinerate him, put him in the bin. <laughs> I think, um, okay, I, w- I actually want to get to this. Like, I want to talk about like the look and the music and the comedy because these are like aesthetic things that are okay. relating to how it is. But I just want to go back to one thing. Mm-hmm. You said you think Ajax is one of the worst villains in superhero movies. Yeah, that, is, that is a bold claim. There have been no. some bad ones. <laughs> there have been some bad ones. And watching it this time, do you know what I think? What? I think his performance is really underrated. Ed Scrine is Ajax. Think Ed Scrine is pretty good in it. I think he it. plays a really intimidating guy. Whether or not the plot serves him well, yeah. he plays this like intimidating kind of like arrogant yeah. asshole really well. He plays the like, I'm so bored of this yeah like, he yeah. likes being violent he likes causing others pain and he doesn't feel it but he is like he's almost like a hedonist who's had to who's like b- recovering from a cocaine overdose <laughs> to be fair if you're if you're someone he's that doesn't so bored. feel pain, I love it. yeah but you're constantly fighting it yeah. would be boring yeah wouldn't it? it would be really boring like, so he's he does intru- that really yeah. well he's he's literally the shot introduces him he's sat on a crate that we later find out contains slaves <laughs> eating an apple in a leather jacket bold just kind of looks bored a guy in a suit walks off a plane as a dictator and he's like i'm here for business he's like yeah, all right here's a shipment you were late. And then he just picks up my throat and he's like, we're having supply chain issues. It's not a big deal, but we appreciate your com- your cooperation and understanding this matter. And it's just like, he would kill him like that. He doesn't give a shit. Yeah. And what works so well is like, it's really hard to play being bored on camera without also being boring. And I think Ed Scrine is really, yeah, really I'm good with at that, you on that. I do think he does well in that film. But I, I think that is an effective villainy. Why do you not like it? No, I mean, I, li- I like him, and I think mm. the performance is amazing, and it's really, really good. I just dislike the mm. character. You know, like, his mutation is he's got really good reflexes, and he but he also doesn't feel pain, and mm. yet he also has super strength. Well, how's, how's yeah. that? That's not a reflex. And why is he, you know, involved mm. in this? Why is he like some medical person yeah. as well as you know so yeah, never really does English explain gangster. it's it's it's, the, it's it like the no late sense. 90s it's early 2000s how many different villain characters can we put here uh he's like a scary villain man yeah. with powers he's also british and he's yeah, also exactly, very yeah, smart yeah. we've got a lot of things he's got muscle and i'm like why does he need muscle <laughs> yeah, exactly. he's got like giant double axes yeah. that to be clear Etzcrine's physical performance in those fights is really good he's just like when he, the way he swings and moves them mm. that's good it's true you could say Ajax is a bit like Vanessa in that he's mm. almost there just to move the plot along and, you know, for, for Deadpool to, yeah. you know, act against. He's there to be a signifier of the sort of, um, the, the typical things of these genre movies. And it's the thing that I think people were excited about at the time it came out. So context for the movie, people, it comes out and although plenty of people have the same problems we do with it, I'm pretty certain that when it came out, People as fans were like, it's really fun to see a, a superhero movie that isn't about end of the world stakes, mm. is um, feels like a throwback to old school 90s violent action movies, uh, but with more modern day sarcasm in it. Like Rotten Tomatoes, it got 85% fresh, which means 85% of critics who saw it were like, yeah, it's fine. Mm. They're like having a reaction. You're like, it's fine, cool, fine. Yeah. And some people were really into it. Audiences loved it. And I think it's like the smallness of it is effective. And some people would like take that away and say, this is an incredible work of criticism of a superhero genre because it's doing stuff that's so 
basic as mm. superhero movies go, but uh, it like, is making fun of them the whole time. It's so basic, it can't even be bothered to make its villain more than a collection <laughs> of cliches. But this is uh, one of the problems that I think is, he's a collection of cliches, but the, the performer is making those cliches believable. He's not winking at the cliches. He makes them yes. a believable person. <laughs> is he a comic character? Well, um, Deadpool. No, no. Ajax. Ajax. Is Ajax... I don't know. No, I don't either. Um, I imagine he is because if you're making a modern day... Okay, Ma- all movie. the Marvel films, I think yeah. they're all comic characters. I'd be surprised if he's not, but yeah. I don't actually know. I'd be interested to see what kind Marvel, of role he plays in, Marvel. in com, comics. Francis, surname unrevealed, Ajax. Uh, he first appears in, I think they said it was Deadpool 14, so in the 90s. Um he, yeah, as a fictional supervillain, first appeared in Deadpool 14, was created by writer Joe Kelly and artist Walter A. McDaniel. That's 1998. Um, has so really in, quite a modern yeah. one then. Yeah, has in, yeah. well, Deadpool's very modern. He yeah. was only created in the, in the 90s, and he was created as a as a, uh, a straight ripoff of Deathstroke. Yeah. They have very similar, like, masks. They're both mercenaries with katanas. And um, Deathstroke, however, is a completely sincere character who is, an, like, an expert. The whole point of Deathstroke mm-hmm. is like he's the most tactically advanced villain in pretty much all of Batman's rogues gallery. And he fights a lot of DC villains like Green Arrow for instance, but he is just the most tactically superior strategist. And he, and he's got like a really high strength test because if you're a mercenary in those those mm. universes and you go against Batman, you have to have higher strength. <laughs> it's just it's just kind of weird. But um Death Deadpool is just a merc and the comics not selling well, and as the comics not selling well, they just the writers just go fuck it we'll just make it a joke fest they'll just okay. they'll just pour in like i think i think it from what i've got it's like they're pouring in their frustrations with the medium of comics and deadpool is just becoming an a um an outlet for wow. that by breaking the fourth wall and that's when it starts to sell well and mm. that's when he gains a following and so um you know Fra- ajax is just a choice of like we need a basic villain yeah and mm-hmm. you know yeah if this were being like a parody then then you'd, you'd get a comic actor to play it. But they cast a serious actor who is also fun and is also funny and has like a unique energy. Not that many supervillains in, in any superhero movie can play bored without being boring. Mm-hmm. Like, um, like Malekith in Thor The Dark World is a classic example of the bad Marvel villain. He is a boring character yeah. because the actor seems a little too lost in the portentousness of the fantasy nature of the, that movie. And so he's kind of very serious and driven and doesn't get enough moments to be like, who's this Thor fucker? I don't care. Give me the ether. Give me the dark world. I'm going to make dark world. And instead, he's just kind of like, I am the dark elf king. Whereas Malachi from the comics is actually kind of, he's more like the Joker. He's much right, more okay. of a trickster, more fun. He's a little bit more playful. And and that Malachi from the movie is nothing like that at all. He's just a bore. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't a big fan of that movie anyway. So. That movie's fun. I like that movie. I like that, I like it more than Deadpool. It's got, really? it's got, it's got Thor and it's got Loki in it. 10 stars immediately. We start 10. <laughs> it's also a movie where like Thor and Natalie Portman have chemistry and they're mad at each other and they kiss a lot. Great. Love it. No, I, I will. If, if this is what we're, <laughs> if this is what we're basing it on now, is this, is this like the question every week? Do you like this film more, more than, than Thor, Thor the Dark, Dark World? World? <laughs> that's the, that's the baseline. Uh, that's one of like my bottom seven Marvel movies. They've now made yeah, it, absolutely. Yeah. But, like, yeah. I, I have a soft spot for it, even though like I've, I've watched it and I go like, hmm, this is the diet Pepsi of, modern blockbuster franchises but i do kind of like the, you know if it's there i'll drink it well, yeah yeah that's a good way of putting it yeah <laughs> um but like the the funny thing i don't know if you know this joe did you see x-men origins wolverine 
no. No. Okay. Have you seen it? I haven't seen it, but I think I know which bit you're going to reference. Mm-hmm. It's just that that's the first cinematic appearance of Deadpool, and he's played by oh. Ryan Reynolds. Oh, right, okay. Uh, Honestly, it's it's different. Like, it's just, different. Just search now. <laughs> just find yeah. a picture of him. Uh, You'll mm. understand why it yeah. makes no sense. It might if be comic accurate. The, no, 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 it's not. But if you're no, adapting the comic, it makes no sense. If you're making just a movie, makes total sense from a producer's perspective what they do to him because mm-hmm. he's got this thing where they have a mission uh, Wolverine is like it's, it's an origin story for Wolverine where he is like in a mercenary team in the 70s um, and he's got a bunch of mutants in this mercenary team and they're trying to get adamantium and this is before Wolverine gets his metal claws and they, they get the adamantium by all the mercenaries doing their bits and Wade's bit is I'm good with swords and I'm also a sarcastic asshole but in that movie he's less of an asshole I think he's just kind of like so we're all going in this elevator huh Oh, right. He's he he seems kind of bored, which yeah. I like. He's got that fun sarcasm energy, whereas now Ryan Reynolds has just turned it up to a hundred, and it gets exhausting. Mm-hmm. But he's got like you know he's got the katanas and he's fucking about, but he doesn't seem to have much of a mutant power. And then he vanishes from the movie. He just drops off the face of the movie mm-hmm. for like a hundred minutes. And have you looked at what he looks like in X Men Origins Wolverine? Yeah. He drops off the face of the movie because what's happening is. The mercs are then like the, the the government agency in charge of the mercs are going around and picking off all of Wolverine's teammates so they can harvest their mutant powers and put them into a perfect weapon, which is Wade Wilson. They have oh. turned Wade Wilson into Weapon Eleven. Oh. They've given him all the powers. They've given him Wolverine's extending claws, except they're now swords. They've given him super healing. They've given him teleportation. They've given him laser vision by Cyclops. Even though Cyclops isn't in that team, like they've just given him all the powers they can. Mm-hmm. And along with that, they've sewn his mouth shut because Wade <laughs> talks too much. Yeah, <laughs> Which is, if you're a producer and you're making a dumb action movie, you're like, we have this character who talks too much and everyone says he's a merc of a mouth and he's really annoying and we want to make him slightly sympathetic as he gets t- becomes turned into a slave. Okay, sew his mouth shut. Mm. But you can't do that to Deadpool. It is like just, it's betraying what the fans want to see in Deadpool and it made people so fucking mad. That movie's bad for a whole host of other reasons, <laughs> but that is a cherry on the cake right. kick in the groin for yes. fans because it's like, you you brought us Deadpool. He's in it for two minutes. He doesn't wear the red suit. And when he comes back and has powers, he's got no voice. <laughs> it is a like a baffling decision from someone who doesn't read the comics. And... But if you're making a movie, I, I think that makes total sense. Yeah. Like, I don't know, basically, it makes total sense. But you just can't do that. And so Ryan Reynolds knew that was going to happen. He loves Deadpool. But his thing is, I don't want this to happen to Deadpool. But if anyone gets to play Deadpool on screen and it's not me, I will hate myself. <laughs> yes. He makes it. He's talking to, like, CGI, like, effects people at Fox trying to get another Deadpool movie off of a proper one. Right. And... Um, they make this test footage. The test footage is all CGI. It's just the freeway sequence. It's like okay. two minutes of Deadpool sitting on the, over, on the overpass, then dropping into the car, giving a fun monologue, and beating up the guys in the car. Mm-hmm. And Fox see it. They go, not interested. Wrap it up. Put it under wraps. Mm-hmm. And then it leaks in 2014, and the internet loves it so much that, that Fox, like, they kowtow and they greenlight a movie. And pretty much when Deadpool was finally released in 2016, Ryan Reynolds pretty much threw up his hand and said like, yeah, I leaked it. It was me. I wanted to make the oh, movie. Wow. I was like, it was me. Yeah. I did it. And he and the director, Tim Miller, Tim Miller's like a CGI guy. You can tell like for some of the stuff with like Deadpool's counting down the bullets, you can see the numbers on the case. And mm-hmm. You can tell it's a CGI yeah, idea. Yeah, yeah. That's fine. Um, the whole opening sequence is just, it's, it's all CGI camera in a CGI space, but that's fine. It's, it's more like interesting and intricate and it's got 
details and jokes in it, you know. Mm-hmm. But you can tell it's directed by a CGI guy and and um, who and and that they wanted to do this film. But they they make it. They basically redo the test footage in the film and they're left with nothing else to do. It's a bit weird. <laughs> Um, but that's like the context for it. And then it comes out and people kind of really like it. And yeah. I think they like it because in 2016, you also have Batman v Superman and Civil War coming out, which are big, like, let's get the tentpole heroes mm-hmm. for these different comic universes and f- make them yeah. fight. And that's coming burdened with so much, like, portent, so much importance. They're all big sequels. They're all, like, got a lot of hype and expectation. And Deadpool comes out first <clears throat> and is so much smaller and doesn't yeah. care about any of that stuff. Like the ending of the movie takes place on a helicarrier knockoff. It's a gigantic aircraft carrier. And like the last three years of Marvel movies have all had that vehicle in it. So it appearing, because you've not seen those movies, but it's it's had a version (laughs) of that vehicle in all of the three movies. And there was like a movie, The Winter Soldier, two years ago, where there were three of them and they crash. (laughs) And Deadpool's just like, I don't know, we've got this one over here, but Mm. Kevin Feige didn't give us the money to make it fly. (laughs) That's funny but it just feels really bizarre wait why is there a helicarrier here what's yeah, going on absolutely. it's kind of a throwback to, to i think in 90s movies be like yeah the fight in the 90s uh, the finale in the 90s movie takes place in like a shipping container yeah. a shipping yard <laughs> a warehouse and here's like ah uh, superhero one it takes place on a helicarrier no, don't think about it yeah i don't know like there's all this context energy swirling around how deadpool is poking fun at the superhero things but it, it also is it just doesn't have the deafness, I think, to make its um, its um, poking funds more than like poking and, hey, look at this. Hey, look, we've mm. got sex scenes in this. Hey, look, we've got blood. Hey, look, we've got like gross score and swear words. and Yeah, it, like, it draws your attention to like all those tropes and everything, yeah. but doesn't actually do anything with it. It doesn't make a comment. On it doesn't even draw attention to those tropes of a superhero movie to me. Like, um, we'll probably talk about this more in our next episode, but the, if it's trying to parody a superhero movie origin story, it's parodying one that hasn't existed in that way for 10 years, at least. Mm-hmm. And so it feels very, um, it already feels antiquated just because there's so many superhero movies. Nice. What else do we talk about? <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to dominate anything because I've done a lot about those plotting things because I find it interesting. It's, it's context is, is very interesting to me because when it comes out, people are seemingly thirsty for something that is less serious. Yes. And also less in a dominating universe. And like, you know, uh, those other films you mentioned, um, they're really dark films, aren't they, I think? Civil um, War's pretty emotionally serious. It's not, it's easy to watch. It's a very mm-hmm. easy to watch film and it's a very entertaining film, and I what think. what was the other one? Batman, Batman v Superman is incredibly dark and like miserable. Really black or it is, noir, it is a yeah. miserable movie. I like that movie, but it is the most miserable movie. Yeah, <laughs> and, and so, you know, Deadpool is such a good contrast to them mm. as well then, isn't it? Because even though it's, you know, quite negative and sad yeah. or whatever, but you know, cancer and yeah. whatever. Um, it's still, a, it's, it's, it's a happy film. It's, it's a fun yeah. film, isn't it? So it's a good, um, mm. again, the, the context, as you say, is quite important. And yeah, knowing um, more about the context makes me like the film more. Yeah. You had Doctor Strange out that year as and well. And X-Men well, Apocalypse. Which, yeah, so I haven't seen X-Men, but Doctor oh, Strange. Apocalypse is so bad. I mean, <laughs> in Doctor Strange, the stakes couldn't be higher, could they? I, that was proper but save I, the world I stuff. I really so. like Doctor Strange. I oh yeah, it's, it's fantastic very film. Yeah, absolutely. And there's going to be a multiverse of madness. <laughs> um, I I think that um, the the funny thing about Deadpool's like smallness of stakes is um, that's what these movies used to kind of be, and um, that's that's fun about it. But you know, there's no way you can look at this as high art. There can be arguments for it being trashy, but I, to be honest, think its trashiness is very juvenile. 
It's 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 all the gore that's a bit overcranked. It's all the swearing. Mm-hmm. It's a bit overcranked. It has no perspective on trashiness, and it's not going far enough. Like um, the strip club scene. They yes. just have that because they're doing a '90s movie where they have to go to a strip club. But if you want real expert, gross, misogynistic filth. It's not playing from the right handbook. It's not yeah. doing what Michael Bay does, where it's like low angle shot at women's asses and it goes through their legs and looks at other women's asses. Right. All that Fast and Furious do, where it's again, low angle shots of women bent over cars in short shorts. And it's like, that is objectively very misogynistic filmmaking. It is having a blast doing it because that's kind of the world they're playing in. And Deadpool's just kind of like, look, there are always topless women walking around strippers, which, which if you've ever been to a strip club, none of them walk around topless like that. They all have bras on. Right. <laughs> like this strip club is so desperate to make you horny. They're all, they're all blowing like the whole anticipation of a strip club. <laughs> I'm like, I can't wait to get the bra off. <laughs> So, you know, like the best bit about the strip club is that Stan Lee's also there, I guess, as the MC. But it's like, come on, guys, do the strip club scene like in a really gross misogynistic way. Do it really trashily. Do the gore in a way where you get to like really linger on it, which is one of the things I like about the opening 50, opening chunk, that mm. opening sequence. They're lingering on a bunch of gross yeah. gore and violence. Yes. And the rest of it just plays really quickly. Mm. Something I think is really... Um not art about it at all is is just the sheer volume of in jokes and references um which mm. just gets so laborious by the end yeah and it, and it, when i was watching it the other day i was thinking this could have been made by um what's his name seth mcfarlane you know oh, yeah because <laughs> it, it had that sort of exactly, feeling of yeah. you know like ted and ted too yeah and all those just relentless in jokes and little but, asides and, yeah. and but but like, oh, ted has the ted hard. has the fun of like mark Wahlberg and the bear are have a very deep emotional connection and they're just going to get high together and you're like no matter how annoying the rest of that movie is they have a good connection true like but you know but it is it's very family guy it's very yeah. much like that and um it doesn't have a benefit of only being 20 minutes long. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and um, and having more cartoon log- logic, because it's mm. still, it, because it's made by a CGI guy, I think he wants to make the CGI feel a little bit more physical, a little bit more defined by physics in realistic okay. ways. It's heightened, of course, to absurd things where people have super strength, but the way characters move mm. and are impacted by things feels more like physically dictated by a computer in, in like a, a mathematical sense, mm. which I think is not the same as making a cartoon at all. Even yes. though it looks like a cartoon, it doesn't mm. have the cartoon logic where you, you're only limited by what you can draw. Okay, but yeah, I think um, the no art, like low art thing, like do do you think there are other movies that do this better? This this version of let's make jokes, let's make winks, let's do gore, let's make something sincere. Is there something that does this better? Hmm. I can't think of anything right now. No? I feel like you're asking because you've got something in mind. I have ideas, <laughs> yeah. but I just want to know if there's anything you guys have seen of like. I've thought of this. Honestly, I can't think of anything. Mm. It's so rare to, mm. certainly of more modern films, to actually have a comedy, to be honest. Yeah, especially comedy a big budget just, genre yeah, yeah, comedy. Exactly, they just don't get made anymore. No, not, not big budget genre comedies. That's the thing, another thing about Deadpool, it's not a love story, it's not a superhero movie, it's a comedy. Yeah. It's a pretty dumb one at that. Well, yeah. <laughs> Look, like, I, I, I think the answers are, I think it's Kick-Ass and King's Right, movie. okay. They're the ones where, like, they're gory. Yeah. They're pretty like violent and lurid. They're also very smart and very sincere mm. and um, are not free of sarcasm and they have things on their mind, especially Kingsman. Yeah. But like, you know, they can also be annoying because that sort of like, it's trying to balance those tones. Mm. And that's mm-hmm. a little 
off kilter. But I like Kingsman a lot. I like Kingsman. Yeah, I think Kingsman's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. We've got to think about music and comedy. There's nothing to talk about in, this, in the look of this movie. It looks like a movie. Like, I guess it looks like a regular action movie. Yeah, yeah. I don't think anything a, outrageous uh, about it. The only, again, uh, the best visual choice in it is his, the reveal of his skin in yeah. the mm-hmm. reflection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just because that's a character-led choice and everything else about how it looks. I mean, it looks like someone wanted to make a John Wick movie and left out all the visual elements of a John Wick movie. <laughs> um... But um, in terms of comedy, what are the best jokes in the movie? Because because do we think comedy has art to it? That's that this movie can replicate. Is this an artful comedy where there is skill in it, or is it as I you would, said I laborious? Would, I would say there's skill to a point. Mm. You know, you can overdo it, and I would probably agree with Joe that it does overdo it. But it serves its purpose. It mm. knows what it wants to do, and there's a certain skill in that of knowing exactly who your audience is. Mm. And what kind of jokes they're going to enjoy? Yeah, and it it's does. It well does, pitched for that. Yeah, absolutely. It's for the Family Guy crowd. <laughs> <laughs> and some of the jokes sometimes, you know, do actually make a yeah. contribution other than just being funny. Yeah. Like when uh, he's leaving the crack house and he says to the blind woman, you know. I've hidden, was it? <laughs> I've hidden 100, gra- 100 kilos of cocaine here next to the cure for blindness. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that is, I thought, you know, that's kind of laugh out loud funny, but it's also nice because it, it speaks to their relationship so much, doesn't it? And it, and it gives yeah. such a, a human uh, feeling. I think uh, that's a, to a, Deadpool. Br- a breathtakingly mean thing to say, but <laughs> one of the problems is everything Deadpool says is mean and sarcastic. <laughs> so that should be a sincerely delivered line where the joke is, we know he's joking, but... Hmm. We know everything he says is sarcastic. Whereas, I think what makes funny jokes is when they take things, they take absurd things really seriously. Um, my favorite, like verbal jokes, mm-hmm. of it are when he and Al are talking about the IKEA furniture they're trying to build. Oh yeah! <laughs> because what's so funny about the IKEA jokes is, um, is they get the pronunciation right. <laughs> they like are talking about the pronunciation of IKEA words mm. really, really seriously. So, um. Deadpool that comes from, how's the coolant coming along? Ikea doesn't assemble itself, you know. You're telling me. I don't mind the coolant. It's an improvement on the hurdle. Please. Anything's an improvement over the hurdle. I'd have taken a hems or a trisil over a hurdle. No, I didn't get excited until I saw the coolant. Like, them talking about Ikea so much is just very... uh, It's very endearing because they they clearly have have this, like... um, um, like They they, they, they turn to it again and she goes like... Hey, hey, careful with that, Ronnie. I was going to spend the night assembling the Borgi, but this is holding my interest. I told you we're going with the Urvage, not the Borgi. Mm-hmm. Get it through your head, I'll get the out of fuck town. <laughs> That's so funny to me because who gives a shit about Ikea that much? And enough to say the names with such confidence. <laughs> Like that's that's a genuine joke. It's not sarcastic. Mm-hmm. I think that is a really fun bit. If the whole movie was just him doing IKEA bits, I would love it. Because also, he's not basing his creativity there on how many creative fucks and swears I can get into yeah. it. Like calling someone a shit spack- spackled muppet fart, pretty good line. But mm-hmm. when you've done that ten times, yeah, eh, loses its power. <laughs> There's one other joke that I really like, and it's, it plays to something I think is actually a subversion of a trope or an exploration of like, mm-hmm. it's less about superhero movies and more about, hmm, when someone gets in a cab to go to their destination, how do they get the cab? How long are they in the cab for? What do they do in the cab? Instead, it's just like, hail a cab, get in the cab, arrive. Mm. That's what movie language yeah. is. And instead, after the big 
credit sequence, it goes backwards to Deadpool riding in the backseat of a cab. And he's just sat there in full superhero <laughs> gear for like 30 seconds, just mm. looking around. They keep jump cutting to him doing things. I'm playing with the window and doing a wavy thing with my arm outside. Window goes up, window goes down. Chewing gum. Chewing gum on the ceiling. And then the best bit of it, he flicks the chewing gum away and the next cut, it's just mm. stuck to the camera. Mm -hmm. And you're like, ah, oh, right, he can break the fourth wall in a simple way without talking to you. I'm just like, yeah. oh, I've got to get that off the camera. <laughs> That's funny. And then he just like climbs into the front seat with um, Karan Sony as Dopinda. I, I think a, a pretty mean stereotype of um, Southeast Asian uh, men. Definitely. Where they stereotype. are pathetic nerds and also violent <laughs> and really needy. But... Boy, if Karan Sony's not effective in that role. He's it works. very funny. That role works. <laughs> and he, he gets even funnier in Deadpool 2 because in mm. Deadpool 2, he Deadpool keeps using him as a taxi driver okay. to get to and from places. And mm. he's like, Mr. Pool. I'm not going to, I can't do the accent. That would just be horribly offensive. He's like, Mr. Pool, I really want to kill people. I want to join your band of mercenaries and murderers. Oh, and he spends gosh. the whole movie waiting to be brought into like mm. an action sequence and with a gun. Doesn't every time like Deadpool just doesn't pay him, <laughs> he does he? Does he never pays him. <laughs> 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 this is Deadpool being a total dick where he's like, I don't care about the service industry. Here's your payment, a crisp high five. <laughs> that stuff mm. is funny. It it's, is. it's effective because Deadpool mm. is allowed to be a cartoonish dick without yes. where, where you don't have to have an emotional connection to him. And that, like again, there are things in this movie that are oddly still effective, but I wish the movie had the guts to stick to those um, those dumbness throughout where it would be a parody or it would be dark and gross and vulgar in ways beyond just swearing yeah. or if it, if it would do something you know i hate to say it what if they made a joker style version of deadpool mm -hmm. where what if it is actually about someone losing their mind to such an insane degree that they then begin to believe her in a movie yeah i i, I really, be interesting. Really, really like that yeah yeah it would be interesting i think that would be funny and yeah. i think the only way they could get away with doing something like that is because Fox has now been bought by Disney, uh -huh. Disney's not going to release a Marvel movie with all that swearing in it. So you can just make Deadpool 3 where Deadpool is constantly straining against the against the PG-13 rating and he keeps getting bleeped. <laughs> that would be, you know, it would be funny if he did it twice, yeah. but it would be funny to watch him do that twice and go like, wait, I'm being bleeped? Mother fucker. Mm. And then have him, actually Martin just bleeped, I'm being bleeped? Mother Like, that would be, because then he's got to figure out other ways to be creative. Yeah. yeah. And that would be, uh, that, there you go. There's a character arc for him. How does Deadpool go from being a shitty cartoon <laughs> character to being someone vaguely mm. more serious? But yeah. Um, do we have anything else to say about this movie? Music. Did you want to talk about music? Sure, I guess so. Um, it is, uh, it's Bad Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> It just selects it just selects the songs to play for jokes most of the time, but they don't have any connection. Like the songs are drawn from all over the place. Oh, it's, sure. it's a lot of ballads, isn't it? It's a lot of ballads, mm. which I'm fine with. Yeah, like um, the Angel of the Morning thing. That's fine. That's from the 80s. Calendar Girl. That's from the 70s. You know, it sounds like it should be from the 50s. Um, Careless Whisper. The 80s again. They set up Careless Whisper and then they don't return to it. Deadpool's genuine love of Wham is also really oh, nice. Yeah. It's it reminds me of. Um, of American Psycho. Huey, oh, Huey Lewis yes. in the news. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, you know, Wham is a more, I think, interesting panel of Huey Lewis in the news, but they're also similarly uncool. Deadpool being like, oh, Wham. This, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the album Make It Big. This is what made them earn the exclamation yes. mark in Wham. That's funny. Yeah. You know, um, 
I love hearing X Gone Give It To You by DMX just because it's good, like, hype music. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it really works in that scene. Especially when they cut, well, it's like, it's him walking to the finale and then they, they cut it off. Mm-hmm. They cut it off and, it, and, um, and he goes, where the fuck did I leave my weapons? <laughs> They're in the taxi again. <laughs> oh, yes. I don't know. Is, are there any favorite needle drop moments in the movie for you, Joe? Needle drop? Yeah, when, the, when, the, you know, when they play a pop song over, over the action. Um, You're like, we drop the needle and here it comes, the song. What was the first song you mentioned? Angel in the Morning, yeah, over the opening sequence. Yes. I, I think that opening sequence is brilliant. Yeah. And the song is one of the main reasons why. It's just very odd to mm. hear that in a superhero movie. Yes. Especially when like most superhero movies don't have pop songs. And then of course, mm. you know the other film we haven't talked about that came out in 2016? Suicide Squad. <laughs> Which is just way yeah, worse we, than we, Deadpool at, a, at doing a, a if, Guardians if of the Galaxy thing. Now, this this episode is going to last way longer than yeah, no, we're never gonna We're never going to cover that Suicide Squad. I will say I find that movie fascinating in its badness because you usually don't make movies that are that bad that everyone sees mm. it is it is rare for, for the badness of it to be so fully on display but um yeah i think it says a lot that mm. when we were listening to superhero films and mm. comic films that came out that year we, we all forgot. forgot about that film <laughs> i've seen it in the last month like i watched <laughs> i watched it again <laughs> because I, I do find it fascinating but it is horrible <laughs> I think we're done with Deadpool. Let's just wrap this up. All right, Deadpool. Are you going in a gallery or are you going on a bridge or shall we never speak of you again? (laughs) Just put him back in the DVD case. (laughs) Back in the DVD case. I think it's one of the ones just every, maybe, maybe once, twice a year. If you're feeling, feeling up for a bit of comedy. You want to do this once a year? Maybe once a year. (laughs) I probably watched it once a year since I first watched it. So that's what I'm going off. But But uh, do you get, do you get like, when when, when I talk about low art, because I think, um, I think you probably have less of the um, experience of this, but like, you like, you're a guy who loves pop punk, you know? Yes. You love like the energy and rightness of it and Mm -hmm. like, you know, the sort of emotion of it, but also you like pop punk when it's a bit cheeky, when it's a bit more like cheesy vulgar. cheesy but also cheeky like pop is can, can kind of be cheeky and it's full of energy and that to me yeah. is, is like the the musical side I, of the I, yeah a lot of the um a lot of the pop punk i like um or just music in mm. general is quite self-depreciating yeah and deadpool has some of the kind of that like some take the piss out of yourself but the music you listen to is very sincerely self-depressed yes it's absolutely not yeah. the piss. it's not vain it's very like deadpool, very depressed but it's but it, it yeah. has a lot of energy but like yeah. you know one of our bands we love is Pop. They are, you know, they're not. They're Do not check them out if you have not already. <laughs> Canadian pop punk band Pop. They're great. We've both seen them live. They're, they're one of the best concerts. It, I've yeah, been genuinely to. one of the best gigs. I've been and to just have as so well. much energy. But yeah. they they have a song called "Sleep in the Heat" that is a sincere song about the pet. Um, is it a lizard? It's an iguana. I pet think. iguana yeah. from the lead singer who died. And yeah, it sounds yeah. like a breakup song and it's sincere, it's, but it's also when you realize it's about a pet, it's, it's kind of funny. It's heartbreaking, but, but it's, it's also funny, yeah. funny and full of energy. It's just so like. It's like the whole idea of a pet iguana is kind of goofy, yeah. isn't it? So then, so like, I, I think um, about it. I think sort of like the trashy aspects of movies that can get much more um, honest about its origins and honest about its intentions. That's where I see low art. And to yeah, me, yeah, Deadpool yeah. just is too much of a broad appeal. It is broad because you know we, we act like it knows its audience, but its audience is not that limited because it was a success. Yeah, and yeah. It's people who watch Family Guy and people who well, miss the Simpsons, way, you know. Guys like certainly you, George, who watches almost um, everything that comes out. <laughs> you yeah. know, you watch it. Mm. There's more. There's a lot of casual people that would watch yeah. it. You've got your whole Marvel DC mm. crowd. They'll watch it. 
the amount of people, I can't speak for Deadpool mm. 1 because I didn't work at a cinema for it, but mm. for Deadpool 2, mm. the amount of like kids trying to get in, obviously mm. couldn't because it was a 15. Yeah. So it's, you know, kids will be watching it at home as well. Yeah. It is a massive audience. There's no one that's limited to this, not outside the cinema anyway. I mean, my, my dad saw Deadpool. Yeah. He doesn't see any superhero movies. He made, he saw Wonder Woman, which yeah. he really liked. He saw the Nolan Batman movies with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and he... Well, he saw Batman Begins with me, and then he watched them later at home. Mm-hmm. He has not watched, I think, any MCU movies except for maybe Iron Man and Avengers. He he doesn't watch them. He doesn't care. He loved Deadpool. Yeah. Oh, okay. He watched Ant Man and loved Ant Man, and he liked Ant Man and the Wasp because they're kind of. But but those are sincere movies. Yeah. He loves Deadpool, and I'm like, Dad, can you can you not? <laughs> <laughs> Just you know, but it does kind of feel like a dad humor movie that isn't dorky. It's a dad thinking he's cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is, isn't it? It's someone like that's in his, we'll say late thirties, early forties, who's completely mid forties. He's old. Well, this was five years <laughs> he's ago. He's had an old, this long was five career. years ago. So we'll say he was like late thirties, early forties, <laughs> and he's just kind of detached from everything, isn't he? He's got this persona in his head. Mm. He's like this dad that really does think he's so cool mm. and all he does is embarrass his son. <laughs> just but the, without the but son, I he's wi- just embarrassing I wish, himself. I wish the movie Deadpool th- all, could also look at Deadpool and go like, this guy is fucking embarrassing. Instead, he it thinks he's really cool. Deadpool <laughs> 3, he gets a kid. Uh, he's got like a little Robin with him. He's got a kid oh, in Deadpool 2. He's got Fire Fist. Oh, well, <laughs> oh yeah, teenage... Julian Dennison from, um, from uh, Hunt for the World of People. Yeah, and is teenage... There goes something warhead or something, isn't yeah, it? Well, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but like, he, she's in Deadpool 1 and she's yeah, in yeah, Deadpool she is, 2. Yeah. And he has like a boy he's following around in Deadpool 2 Oh yeah, 2 he does, well. doesn't he? Yeah, I forgot about the kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Negus yeah. on a Teenage Warhead is great in Deadpool. She, yeah. I mean, she is playing bored as well. Mm. And it almost doesn't work. But mm. I love her... That moment where she jettisons Deadpool using her powers, yeah. that's like just good X-Men power shit where they, mm-hmm. well, every X-Men has like one power. And so the fun of them is the team, how do they put their powers yes. together? Yeah. And that is like just a great X-Men thing. Hmm, I can't fly, but I can explode. <laughs> what if you get on the thing on my back that's going to explode? You can't die. That'll get you up there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> love that. Yeah. That's just a good moment. And she's pretty cool. I love that. It was also one of the other best jokes in it is when they meet, and Deadpool just very obviously goes up to her and goes like, oh, look at me, I'm a teenage girl. Everything I do is either go for prolonged sullen silence, uh-huh. make a mean comment, and then another sullen silence. So what's it gonna be? Mean comment or prolonged sullen silence? And she who has been doing nothing but mocking him just goes, you got me in a box here. <laughs> that is good, especially when Deadpool just cheers afterwards. Like I win, yeah. <laughs> that's funny. This is what I mean, like there are funny things in this movie. No, there are, yeah, yeah, absolutely. There are so, jokes that work, but it's just, could you turn it down, Hugh? You yeah, turn it down. Yeah, <laughs> but Deadpool can't be turned, turned down. No, that wouldn't be Deadpool then. That wouldn't no. be a cartoon. Let's wrap up. Yeah, let's wrap up. <laughs> so let, I think let's recap. What does everyone think? High, low or no? Joe? No. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm sticking with what I came in with. It's no art. I, I'm going to say low. I'm going to stick with low. I think it serves no. its purpose. I think that's fair. And... It does what it's meant to do. It's and also that's enough for fairly me honest to, about its intentions. Yeah, exactly. So that's enough for me to give yeah. it low art. That's I just enough. don't think the intentions are base enough yeah. to be low art. <laughs> I think its intentions are very crowd-pleasing. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. Um, absolutely. Um, but yeah, no. So that's it for today. Um, join us next week when we'll be talking about Sam Raimi's 2002 film, Spider-Man. One of my favorite movies of all time. I am 
I'm over the moon to be talking about this. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll be saying bye for now, but please uh, like our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter. This is a promise for us to have both a Facebook page they and a Twitter account. By then. Uh, like, rate, and subscribe to um, the podcast, high, low, or no, on uh, whatever your podcatcher of choice is. And uh, tell, tell your friends, share, and you know, just make sure to tell people that we definitely, definitely know we're hosting podcasts. Uh, that's it from that's it from us. It's goodbye from our producing partner Martin No Common Gibson. Goodbye. You can say your catchphrase. It's goodbye from uh, my partner in crime, Jason Cascoin. True. And it's goodbye from me, George, George Seabrook. Um, you've probably already hung up. Who, who gives a shit about this? Uh, see you. See you next time. Bye.